Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, and welcome to an on-the-move episode of Telling Everybody Everything. I am working on an incredible Amazon stand-up series called Backstage with Catherine Ryan. I don't feel like that's a secret because I myself have seen it in the news. So I'm here in the dressing room with Jen and Fiona. Would you like to say hello? Hello. Jen. Oh, good. I thought Jen was opting to stay silent. You're going to hear some noise. You're going to maybe hear the air conditioner. Producers might come knock on the door. Basically, the quality of today's podcast, audio-wise, will be low. Hopefully, we'll make up for it, though, because, I mean, how fun to take you with us on this journey. We have been doing 16-hour days. I'm not complaining. We don't work in a factory. Um... Soon we'll be under the rule of Taliban anyhow, but right now we're doing this fun, fun job. It's difficult with a newborn, I must say. And so I took the leap and hired a night nanny. I look amazing on the gram. I look uh, like a mom who's killing it all, and a lot of people have messaged me saying, this is bullshit, you need to show the night nanny, you need to show the day nanny, you need to show all the help that you get. Well, I get zero help. My husband, Bobby, is um, an equal partner in my life, and he does loads of things at home and looks after the baby a lot but we did not have any hired help until now and I don't recommend because you get spoiled I'm deeply spoiled now um, having the night nanny basically she turns up at 9 p.m. and she stays until 7 a.m. I still have to get up and pump and deliver milk to the door but holy shit revolutionary and we have actually two nannies because the one woman couldn't do every day one of them is great young and like has lots of education in childcare. the other one however you know they're both good but the second one carol i can say her name she signed an nda about me i never signed one about her so her name is carol and i'll give you her address now she is like a legit maternity nurse and she's worked for 40 years in hospitals and doing 24 7 care i mean as a side note why have a baby if you also have like an entire house of staff and 24-7 care. Bobby and I had a baby so that we could look after it for the most part. But anyway, she knows her shit and she settles Fred immediately and Fred likes her. He doesn't make strange and we learn from how she swaddles him and we learn from how she feeds him and puts him to bed and deals with his reflux. And the privilege of being able to afford a night nanny is not lost on me. I am obsessed with Carol and I think she knows how to get a rebooking because Carol is super fucking nice to me. She's like, oh, your son is beautiful. You look beautiful. You're doing a great job. 
And it's a bit weird to have one adult say to another very privileged adult, wow, have you been doing this all on your own for eight whole weeks? You're doing amazing. It's like, well, yeah, I'm 38. Like imagine I was no match for like a little boy baby. You're doing, you're doing it all by yourself? This is what happens when you're like a celeb, a small celeb, famous, medium-sized on one small island, is that everybody's nice to you. Like, I don't dress myself. Jen dresses me. I don't do my makeup. Fiona does that. I don't drive myself most places. I get a driver. I don't even feed myself. You will hear Leah come in the room soon with food and Starbucks. But, I mean, this woman was fucking floored that Bobby and I have been raising our own son. You did it all by yourself. Actually, she talks like this a little bit. You've been doing it all by yourself, babe. Yes, I have, but not anymore. And I, I don't know if I'll ever go back to doing it all myself because I got to keep working. I'm on tour soon, you know that. My book's coming out soon. Fiona and I are going back to Birmingham to keep filming all the glitters. <laughs> so we can't have a night nanny all the time. You guys don't have to be quiet, by the way. Okay. Um, I posted uh, some of my hot looks from the week. And I don't want to question, you know, the aptitude of my followers, but I always put, you know, I don't have all the information about the makeup that I'm wearing and I don't have all the information about the outfits. Follow Jen and Fiona for that information. And like, I'm not just scamming you trying to get them followers. Uh, if you want to know that info is legit on their pages. You need to see door slamming quality low, um, but you're getting the backstage experience. Follow Jen, follow Fiona if you have questions about the glam. I don't have the answers. And I write that right on the post. And then what do people write under the post? Oh, can you please list all the makeup products you used? No, I can't. I can't. Fiona does tutorials. She goes live. Jen has all these amazing reels that she forces me to participate in in the dressing room. You will get style tips. Shoes Day Tuesday. I mean, they're good follows. I follow them. If I follow them, you can too. Last week, right after the release of um, the previous podcast, my gorgeous husband, Bobby Kay, took baby Fred to be registered. Now, if you are not married, as I was not when my daughter was born, thank God, because all you need is an extra layer of legal bullshit. Are we saying that you're single, Fiona? Is that a secret? That's not a secret. Ooh. By the way, guess who's getting divorced? One hottie right here, Fiona. <laughs> and it's a it's a very amicable split, but um, we're using Tinder, we're using some dating apps. Fiona's not completely on board, but Jen and I, we are looking for an excuse to fire up these apps, and we are looking for men in Camden. And let me say, any guys over 40, if you're not on dating apps, get on, because you will be the hottest person there. The pickings are slim. Yeah. I don't know what it is about, like, Men over 40, they don't know how to use dating apps or they're not on dating apps. It's like pure serial killers, isn't it? It's just their photos. They don't know how to take photos. They're always in the gym. Yeah. They've always got sunglasses on. They're always in their car. Always <laughs> in their car, just dogging, yeah. wanking. <laughs> yeah. It's not just their photo, though, because that's a window into, like, what creeps they are. And I bet if you started mm. chatting to any, you um, would find that they're weird as well. I just don't get it, really. Well... I don't know if Fiona's keen to date any of you, but I'm keen to set Fiona up on dates. So if you like Fiona, please email telling everybody everything at gmail.com and I will personally select yeah. the best one. Help. Jen will also help. Oh my gosh. We should do like a, a blind date 
podcast edition. You don't have to have like television to enjoy a show like Blind Date. Okay. Yeah, we could do like dating wrap ups. (laughs) Let's do it. This is yes, and this is not a recent split, by the way. Fiona has bravely, amicably split from her partner and continued to live together for all of lockdown. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a great guy. No, you can split from people in a nice way. And um, it's been a long time now, though. So soon you will be living separately, presumably, and then it is time to date. I'm out there. It's not like they just split up yesterday. No. So back to me, if you're not married. (laughs) (laughs) I learned that from Tom Allen the other day on the show. Oops, I'm not supposed to say who the guests are. Well, there was a guest on the show who's a comedian, and he was talking to the audience. And then it's difficult sometimes to get out of an audience interaction because sometimes... It sort of peters off. There are a few laughs, and then the person just talks a bit too long, and it, you know, it's like anticlimactic near the end. And you got to get out of it somehow. So Tom just went back to me, and it was perfect. It was such a great tool for being like, all right, and now more stand up. Back to me. If you're not married, then the mother has to go register the child and put the other parent on the birth certificate if the mother so chooses. But if you are married, then you can just get paid in the shade and lay around at home and make your husband go register the baby. And in COVID times, they would prefer only one of you go and they definitely don't want the baby to come. I mean, how do they even know you had a baby? Because Bobby brought documents. He brought our marriage certificate and our passports and he brought the baby's like newborn discharge certificate from the Lindo wing. But if you have a baby at home, you don't have any of that paperwork. And anyway, they didn't ask to see any of it. Bobby was just like, I would like to register my son, please. And they said, okay. Um, and he scared me a lot because I missed his text and he said, uh, I, I picked the text up later, like an hour later. And he had written, I'm going to go with the middle name Hunter, which is a fine middle name. If that's your middle name, good for you. Not for me. I don't want my son's middle name to be Hunter. And I kind of panicked because it's triggering for me. My granddad was registered with the wrong name. I don't know what was up with his dad. He just left my great-grandma at home, went to register my granddad, and just picked a totally different name on the walk. He might have nipped into a pub, just like thought it was funny, named him James, which is Jen's husband's name, and every man in the UK that I've ever met is called James, actually. (laughs) Elizabeth's husband is called James. But, I mean, his name was meant to be Ted. But, no, he was registered James, and then my great-grandma was just like, fuck you, and called him Ted all his life anyway. That's a fun fact about my granddad, but I didn't want that to happen with Fred. So I panicked and I was like, Bobby, please don't tell me that you've just like freestyled a middle name while you were at the register's office. He didn't write me back. He was in the car. Then he walked through the door and I said, what did you do? And he said, Ace. I named him Ace, which of course was a lie. He's called Fred. But at the end of the day, like I've never even cared what Fred's name was because I don't like little boys' names. There you go. I'm very passionate about little girls' names, but I just felt like Bobby can name his son whatever he wants. Fred, fine. Ace, fine. Hunter, I really don't care that much. Not bragging, I was papped on my day off. Um, Some people would use their day off to sleep. Some people would use their day off just to be a jerk. But I am a very great mom on my one day off in the whole week. And so I was with Fred. I was holding Fred, feeding Fred, went for walks with Fred. I wasn't really thinking about 
personal care. I had a shower, but I definitely didn't dress nicely or put any makeup on. Bobby loves me for who I am. And a lot of you, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen the real deal, what I look like in real life. Um, I mean, I'm not shy about that. I definitely think it's good to show the before and after. However, if I had known that there was a freaking pap hiding in the bushes or like driving by with blacked out windows, which was what I think happened, I might have put on a better showing, maybe a better look, maybe at least a ball cap for my walk with Fred. So I decided to take Fred for a walk. I had just actually received a matches fashion delivery. I had a new jean jacket from Frame and some new black track pants from Ray. I like that brand. It's R-A-E-Y. They have like oversized most things. You know, the big colorful coats that I have, they're like fuzzy and I wore two of them in the Duchess, a green one and a pink one. Those are Ray. I have some jeans from Ray. I think their clothes are really flattering, but the track pants that came were like a thick winter track pant with like a dropped crotch. Not flattering really in the papped photo I learned because I go for this walk. I'm in black with a jean jacket, flip flops, wet hair in like a saggy ponytail. And I didn't, I didn't see anyone taking pictures of us. I really didn't. I was just pushing the pram around my neighborhood, which by the way is a very obscure neighborhood. I live in North London, but like North, North London, pretty much Hertfordshire. It's not like, you know, I'm in some popular London borough where a lot of celebs live or where you think any pap would be. Didn't see anyone, didn't think anything of it. Well, actually now looking back in the back of my mind, there was a car. It was like a black SUV with a colorful license plate, maybe yellow. And it looked like this car was lost. I saw this guy kind of going back and forth a few times because I had turned off my road into like even a quieter random road. This is why it's so weird. And I saw a car go one way and kind of slow down and go another way. And I definitely didn't see a camera or think anything of it at the time. Lo and behold, my agent texts me the next day and goes, oh, I saw you walking Fred in the Daily Mail. I was like, the Daily what? I thought that maybe they had taken something from my Instagram stories because I had jumped on Instagram during the walk, actually, to say Bobby left tools in the pram. I was about to take the pram out and Bobby came over and he said, well, let me just empty the basket of all my tools. I was like, oh, you're what? He had put a hammer a drill, saws, a wrench. He had all these tools in the bottom of the pram because, you know, I don't know, he's an alpha male. And while I was away at work, he and Fred went to the back of the garden with the pram and Bobby was building some swing set or something. So he said, let me get my tools out. Thank God he got his tools out because I see in the Daily Mail, I've been papped on this walk, all these photos of me looking like shit. Fiona, you can reach whatever you need. It doesn't matter I'm if it makes noise. I'm just trying to work out where I've got something. Oh, am I in the way? No problem. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, there you go. Just that. And so the Daily Mail has taken loads of photos of me in my random neighborhood on this random walk looking like straight shit. Um, but actually, thank God he took the tools out because it, it, if he hadn't, it would have been a very different Daily Mail article, like looking like I'm going around trying to break into cars. But the pictures are not flattering, to say the least. I look... Somehow, I mean, I think I look heavier than I am. Maybe. Did you yeah, see the pictures? I don't think you're heavy at all. I think you've lost loads of weight. I have. Not they like I care. They were not flattering photos, but because you of like you were like, I know. Something. I was eating, so I look like I'm a smackhead or something because my face is all twisted up, and I also look cross. 
But I think that I was like looking at this car, just kind of confused. But I was also eating, and they didn't publish any of those photos. They published me chewing, which looks weird, but they really kind of stitched me up. So at first I was thinking, oh, thanks, Daily Mail. Like, I look like garbage. And they wrote, oh, Catherine emerges for the first time with her newborn in three months. Not true. I've been working since he was 10 days old. And he's two months old, so I don't know where they get. Like, first time out of the house, three months. But they really could have stitched me up. I was eating a cereal bar, and probably not in a ladylike fashion, and I'm not even mad because if they wanted to, they could have printed me like totally eating. Come in. Hi. Oh, thank you. That's so nice of you. Where's Leah? Thank you. We have coffees. I just didn't really realize that I was um, a target for Paps in the first place. It's not like I'm on Strictly or anything. And I don't know why they were in my neighborhood or how they knew where I lived. Do you think they knew where I lived? Do you think it was just random? Yeah, I can't work this out because you do live in an obscure part I know. of London. It's like they knew you were there, which is weird. Well, we had a photographer at the house the other day. I've been doing a lot of shoots in lockdown from the house and post-lockdown just in this weird COVID world. And there was a photographer who said he worked as a pap. Mm. Remember? Yes. And he said he worked a lot with Gemma Collins, our yes. fave. Um, so he has my address because he was in the house. But, I mean, I'm not a lucrative. Like, I'm, I wonder how much they even got for those pics. It's like they're laying in waiting for you. And you don't even 30 quid. go out that much. I know. Bobby thinks it was random that they were just driving by. But you can't mm. really recognize me when I don't look, you know, the way you make me look. Yeah, I think you can. No, it just looks you like a fat. Of store, Instagram story. Oh, yeah. So I've, like really let the cat out of the bag showing what I look like on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Like, okay, the night nanny said, because I was saying this to Carol, Carol, I've been papped outside the house. I don't know how. And now I'm kind of worried, like, my daughter goes yeah. out for walks. Like, Bobby's thinking, what the hell? We have paps hanging around the house. Why? Like, what are we going to get up to? We take the bins out once a week. <laughs> uh, I mean, Bobby takes the bins out once a week. Um, but the nanny said, no, there are loads of celebs in this neighborhood, like footballers and... But um, not exactly on my road. I don't know. I just want to say thanks to the Daily Mail for not actually publishing me eating, which those photos exist, by the way. One wrong move, because I was looking, and there are photos of Kay Burley tucking into a pasty. They're like, Kay Burley tucks into a pasty, and she's fully chewing and eating and jamming this thing in her mouth. That could have been me. They obviously like you then. Yeah, I think that what they did was quite kind. And then um, I was also picking my nose because I have this scab in my <laughs> left nostril. You know my scab? Yeah. And I pick it pretty much 24-7, but I'm not picking my nose. I'm picking the scab. But there's no <laughs> way I wasn't picking it on the walk. So if I piss off someone at the photo agency, yeah. those images They're will be out. Published. Yeah. Can they even do that? I mean, they didn't show Fred, but they did show, like, exactly where we live. Whatever. I'm not complaining. If you would like to pat me, thanks, Jen. We've got some green teas thanks, today. Jen. If you would like to pat me, let's do a deal. Email me, telling everybody everything at gmail.com. I will dress up, or maybe I will. I could eat a variety of foods on my walk spaghetti bolognese. Um, I don't like pasties, but let's really work something up because I don't think these photos would have got a lot of cash. I could put a bikini on to take out the bins. I could maybe walk with Bobby looking all loved up. I'm not above making out in the street with my husband for a cut of your paparazzi money. 
I'm looking to do a deal because this is what the Towie kids know, do. And I know that for a fact. And the kids who um, do like weight loss things. Have you ever seen that? Where they just randomly be like wearing a pink bikini, running on the beach with McDonald's. Yeah. And then mysteriously, oh, they release a workout video three months later. I love it. I love it too. I never knew that did exist until recently. They definitely do deals. But look, Paps, I'm not interesting. All you're going to get is me walking Fred, looking a little disheveled, eating a cereal bar. Let's talk. I I could take wine out. I could be drunk in the street. What else could I do that's more... Indoor mug outside. Yeah. Maybe we could find where these footballers live in my neighborhood and I could go for a walk with one of them, make it look like I'm having an affair. What I'm saying is, I am a businesswoman. You have my address anyway. Let's make it interesting. Let's take a short break now to hear some important messages from our beautiful sponsors. And when we come back, I will read your letters and tell you how to live your life. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Fiona, this is the email question for you. I'm so glad that you're here. Randomly just opened this one. It's from Meg. It says, hi, Catherine. I'm a week away from graduating my makeup course, and then I'm going to work as a freelance makeup artist. My biggest goal with my career is to eventually work in film and television. As a TV personality who's often in front of the camera, what do you like in a makeup artist? What makes you feel comfortable and satisfied with their work? Are there any negative experiences you've had with makeup and hair people that you'd hate to see repeated? I'd appreciate any tips or advice you can provide. How weird. That's a good one. Well, that is aimed at you as well. What do you look for? A real (laughs) slut. (laughs) That's great. I fit that bill. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we as a squad just don't want anyone annoying around. Yeah. Uh, We have enemies, but they don't see the light of day twice. (laughs) True. So, like, when we all got together, Fiona and Jen and myself, first of all, Fiona is, like, wildly talented and just made me prettier than everybody else. That's (laughs) number one. And then, I mean, we just get on because you spend a lot of time with uh, each other. It's like, like quite an intimate relationship, actually. Sometimes we travel together. Sometimes Fiona stays at my house. Sometimes we all, like, take flights and stay in hotels together. So you don't want, like, a, a loser. Yeah. And then I don't know why you do my makeup better than anyone else. A, you're talented, but B, I think, I don't know, you just, like, learn my face. Yeah, I think you get to know someone's face a lot better over time and you can work out 
when you look at other people when I look at other people's makeup I can work out what if that will look nice on you mm. and I'm always studying other makeup always learning always thinking what else can I do what can I do next and how long have you been doing makeup nearly 20 years 20 years still learning yeah. one thing you shouldn't do Meg is don't take jobs for like 20 quid because that's happening with a lot of makeup artists now is they're being edged out by these young girls who are just starting out and someone will try to take the piss and offer you like a really low rate to do a job and that's not cool for anyone in the industry. You have to all look after each other. Yeah, devalues us if you do that. Devalues the whole industry. Yeah. What else should she know? It's a difficult one. It is 50-50, like 50 your work, whether the, the client likes your work and it is 50% whether you get on with them and they like you in your personal space because you are in someone's personal space a lot. Yeah, we're both sick at the minute. <laughs> yeah. Go figure. It is just being good with people, understanding people, understanding when you need to be quiet and they want a bit of space and then you can pump it up and have a laugh. Yeah. Yeah, makeup artists are kind of therapists in a way. Like, yeah. even the ones I don't work with all the time, you go into a makeup room on a different job, and it's just like a nice, calming space before the show. But you need to decide if you want to do studio freelance makeup or if you want to be, do sitcoms and stuff, because we have found, well, I have found, I'm not implicating anyone else in this discovery. <laughs> I think, like, dramas and sitcoms are quite snobby about studio stuff, like panel shows and the stuff that we do. It's difficult to transition. But I think the money is better doing studio stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the hours are more civilized. It's more fun, more creative. Yeah, well then how do you start? How did you start? I worked at Harvey Nichols for Mac. Oh. I worked there while I was at college, and then I was a barmaid. I literally just told everybody my story. I was a makeup artist, and then just by chance, I ended up meeting somebody who knew the makeup artist who worked for X Factor and introduced me to her. Her name was Patricia O'Neill. She used to work with Sharon Osborne and the Osbournes, and I ended up assisting her, and then I got into doing working with the Osbournes and everyone. What? Like on the reality show? Um, no. Oh. Just with them. I don't know if I'd advertise doing Sharon Osbourne's makeup. Oh, I was doing more Aussie. Aussie's makeup. <laughs> you, did, you really nailed it. I know. <laughs> he was, he is so lovely. Yeah. He, he would always remember, I wouldn't see him for a while in between jobs, but he would always remember our conversation and ask how my family was and everything. I didn't even know that about you. Yeah, he was nice. So yeah, that was just the start and then you just assist, assist, assist. Yeah. And um, I used to send emails out to people all the time social media wasn't around then so I would be in everyone's DMs if it was yeah I think now you have to have a pretty tight social media yeah and just practice 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 and your friends just get better it's about speed and accuracy I think fuck well it's good to know that working on Ozzy Osbourne's face laid the foundation <laughs> for you doing my makeup today it did I was so well I'll tell you what I learned We're very similar. being with um, being in a celebrity's house because it was like one of my first jobs and I was just like oh my god I don't think I'm to cut out for this I'm only just out of makeup school but I was 30 so I was a lot older so I had kind of the life experience yeah just not the makeup experience but you know it's good to practice honestly that's cool yeah what kind of makeup d did he need he always had a base an eyeliner eyeliner yeah guy liner you're a bit rock and roll I can see you being like look Ozzy we're gonna take it out with a foxy eye today <laughs> he was always open to that cool well I hope that answers your question 
My advice um, is probably less useful than Fiona's, but all I can say is don't be annoying. Be someone that everyone wants around, and then they'll have you around. Yeah. And do a good job. Speed and accuracy is good advice. Good luck. You can't work with us, though. I'm taken. Here's another email called Dealing with Social Media Trolls. Hi, Catherine. I know this topic might not resonate with everyone who's listening, but something you've mentioned is the amount of hate you get from complete strangers online. The small amount you've mentioned has been horrible, and I want to know how you can manage to not change who you are in response to a ton of criticism every day from people you've never met. I can't imagine what that's like. I occasionally get some hate comments, but nothing on the scale of someone with your public profile. Also, I've noticed that girls get a lot more hate than boys online. Incels freak me out. And I'm not even a girl, but I am gay, so maybe that levels it out for me. Yeah, incels are scary. Even just passive-aggressive ones kind of ruin my day. Why is that? Anyway, love the show loads, and if you want to follow me, my Instagram is the following. Please don't share that on the podcast, though. Yeah, because you don't want weird trolls. I mean... I don't care what people say unless I respect them. And I think I think that's a good way to live your life. If your peers and the people that you love and admire go, Catherine, you're really out of line there. Catherine, you shouldn't do that. If Jen says, Catherine, that's not a cool outfit on you, you know, anything like that, I will listen. I will listen to you, Jen. I'm very obedient. <laughs> but um, if some stranger who creates nothing – Fuck, why do I have sound on here? I told you this podcast would be rough and ready today. I apologize, but you're in the mix. Um, I don't mind the criticism of people who create nothing, and that's how I view trolls. Like, you don't make anything. You don't put yourself out there. Why would I care what you have to say about me? And I think that everyone could use a little bit of that in their lives because if you look up your favorite personality, because I used to look up Beyonce when I was just starting in TV. I loved Beyonce. I still do. And there was a website called IHateBeyonce.com. This was before social media. And I loved going on IHateBeyonce.com because I would read all this, like, forum messages about how much all these people hated Beyonce, and I knew they were wrong. And I was like, well, if people can hate Beyonce, then people can hate me, and it doesn't bother me. And like uh, Samantha Jones famously said in Sex and the City, Series 6, if I cared what every bitch in New York had to say about me, I'd never leave the house. No, vaginas go back to normal, don't they? Yeah, my vagina is exactly the same as it was. We've picked out another email. It's called, Will Having Another Baby Ruin My Life? Slash Vagina? Will I Ever Be Able to Come Again? <laughs> what do people think happens? Okay, Catherine, I hope you, Baby Fred, Violet, and Bobby K are keeping well. I saw you look glam as fuck on Insta. You were not wrong there. I love the Duchess. I love that you're back at working, bringing home the bacon, and rocking newborn life. Well, I mean... It's a bit harder than it looks. And listeners will have learned this episode that I had a night nanny a couple nights. So, you know. I have two boys, three and 18 months. There's your first mistake. That is too <laughs> close together. What a life. I love them so much, and I would like another. But I had terrible pregnancies, and I had a Bartholin cyst. It's gross if you want to Google it. Hmm, do we want to Google that? Yeah. Let's Google it. Bartholin's cyst. Sounds delicious. Mm. Bartholin's cyst. Um, It is a fluid-filled swelling in the Bartholin's gland. Well, obviously, I don't know what that is. Located at either side of the vagina opening due to infection or injury. It's treatable by a medical professional, and it can last several days or weeks. Oh, like, so cysts right by your vag. Oh, no. And there's a photo here. It occurs when a Bartholin's gland within the labia becomes blocked. 
did not know that could happen. No. Larger cysts result in swelling on one side of the vagina. Oh, God. That, Painful. I mean, it kind of looked like varicose veins at first. Because I know that, like, my entire vagina turned blue when I was pregnant with Fred. <laughs> and it was really scary, but I didn't have... Is that how you knew it was a boy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is how I knew it was a boy. It's a good early clue. Sorry. Okay, back to you. Who's Bartholin, by the way? Like, is he the person who coined... Who is Bartholin? Who is Bartholin? Hmm. Don't know. Uh, oh, he's a Danish physician and theologian who wrote one of the most widely read Renaissance manuals of anatomy. He was professor at the University of Copenhagen when Erasmus was born, but died when Erasmus was less than four years old. I guess he had a famous son. Imagine being named yeah, like, yeah, like, what's your legacy? Oh, a vag cyst <laughs> is named after me, you know, Bartholin. All right. Okay, so she's worried about this. She had this terrible cyst in pregnancy, two and very severe PND, postnatal depression, after my second, because looking after newborn and a toddler in the pandemic was no joke. Yeah. The cyst and the postnatal depression medicine have made it very difficult to have an orgasm, and having another baby would make it worse, I'm sure. My husband isn't keen, but he's mainly worried about having enough time and money for three kids. With this list of woes, I'm sure the sensible decision is to stop at two and be happy with my boys. But I can't stop wondering who that third would be. Will having a third ruin my nice life and condemn me to a life of bad sex despite our best efforts? It's really important to me that I have time to work and spend on myself too. How do you manage to juggle, juggle it all? I mean, number one, I'm rich. That helps a lot because, and, and I don't mean to like be a dick, but it's I'm so privileged. I don't have to worry about the normal things. I don't fight with my partner about money. I don't have to think about how I'm going to look after my kids. And I say this because I know it's a whole world different from when Violet was a baby and I was very poor, very poor. Uh, and then like you just have way more stress that way. I think like uh, people in my position can't complain. I have lots of help and I have lots of access to help if I need it. Also, I had a super straightforward pregnancy and I didn't have any like renaissance pus globs like by my vag. So I mean like you are just having a difficult time. I didn't have postnatal depression and I was not aware that the medicine for it can stop you having orgasms. So all of that sucks. I mean, you don't say how old you are, but look, I feel like, I don't know, and Jen has two kids around the same age as yours but you had really straightforward pregnancies didn't you Jen yeah yeah she did not report any cysts or postnatal depression to us but I feel like if you want another one then no one comes to the end of their life and says well yeah but I wish I had fewer children you know and they're not that expensive you can have kids in a cheap way if you just you know don't buy them too many toys and send them to state school so your husband can chill out but I mean, I would just have another one if that's what you want. I wouldn't second guess it. I would just have the other one, get it out of the way, and then address any like physical issues, get your like whatever fixed, and get postnatal depression out of the way, get all that medicine out of the way, and then you can have a fresh start. Because I think if you leave it, you'll probably end up having another baby in five years anyway if you really want one, but then you'll have to return to this time. I don't know. I don't know a lot about postnatal depression, but I think I would just say bang them out. One, two, three, and then solve your problems. What do you think, Jen? I am 100% behind you on this. You think so? Yeah. 
it's tough for us to say. Jen agrees with me, but we, you know, we're very lucky and in a position where we didn't have all these physical problems. So I'm really sorry to hear that you did. I think a lot of people will relate to that. Um, it's very common to have this shit. But have your third baby and then get it all sorted and then never look back. And then they'll all be close friends. They'll all be grown up together. And you and your husband can be like, oh, remember when we went through that mad year of having or mad five years of having three under five? And then it'll be behind you. Here is a fun email called Incels on Feminist Comedians. There's been a lot of talk about incels lately, especially since the horrific incident with the Plymouth shooter identified as an incel and basically blamed not being able to be in a relationship and women on his misery and violent outburst. So this lady has written me, she said, Catherine, I just saw this TikTok. I thought it'd be interesting for you to talk about on the podcast, especially because of the recent shooting by an incel whom they refuse to call a terrorist. So I will let you listen to this TikTok with me. I'm pretty sure that doesn't violate any copyrights. I stumbled across incel hell and um, let's, let's take a journey together into uh, sexism. Feminist comedians, two words that should never be in the same sentence, yet here we are. Have you ever wondered what would happen if feminists took a shot at stand-up comedy? Newsflash, it goes down like a metal spoon in the garbage disposal. Loud, annoying, and all of us begging to make it stop. This is gonna get so much worse, don't worry. Cops painted Ted Bundy as a criminal mastermind. He wasn't a criminal mastermind. He was white. And they weren't looking for him. Get it, guys? <laughs> police weren't looking for Ted Bundy because they're racist. <laughs> huh? This video is my opinion that feminist stand-up acts are the devil. This is all because feminists cannot separate politics from humor. Seriously, it's like watching a feminist try and run. They just can't do it. Wait, what? <laughs> This video has 1.5 million views. Honestly, as a female, I apologize on the feminist behalf. Oh my god. Well, all right. Well, this guy has a right to like not like feminist comedians. He doesn't get it. Like, uh, it's fine with me. I think he has 1.5 million views, she said, because a lot of people like to hate watch things. They like to watch it and share it and go, oh my god, look what this guy said. Um, that was the clip that he used talking about Ted Bunny was my friend Jenna Friedman by the way you should look up her stuff it's fucking crazy it's so funny and it's very dark a lot of the time she always says um, oh I mean she is very feminist she was a writer on the latest Borat movie and she was a writer on the show with Trevor Noah what's that show called she's, she's a great American comedian Jen remember we had um, dinner with her at Terrace on the Green yeah, yeah of course. that's Jenna. And it's the Daily Show. The Daily Show, right? She's very funny. She does really funny interviews, um, and some of her material makes people uncomfortable because, I mean, that's what she's getting at—that kind of stuff. I think she's really funny. This guy doesn't think she's funny. That's fine with me. Um, I don't think everyone has to like us, and I understand why this little boy being like, "Why are you a feminist comedian?" He doesn't get it because he has no frame of reference for it. That's fine. As for incel culture, they blame women and feminists and women who withhold sex from them when they need to be 
looking at toxic masculinity that starts this whole shit in the first place where they grow up thinking that they have to be alpha and they have to be strong and they have to be powerful and they have to be muscular or else they're not worth anything they have to earn all this money I mean feminists literally want to take some of that load off your shoulders you know if we get equal pay then you're not responsible for bringing all the money into the house and if we are more equal then you don't have to like protect us and be in the gym all the time and go out and hunt and whatever the hell incels think they need to do to be like tough um the whole thing is really sad and yeah i mean i would say pay no attention to tiktoks like this don't share them because that's how it gets one million and a half views and now i've talked about it on my fucking podcast but i like it because special shout out to jenna you can see all her late night sets and i think she has a special as well you can follow her on twitter and instagram she is a spicy feminist comedian keep pissing the insults off this last email is about clothing it is so fortuitous that Jen and Fiona are here and they've each had an email about their industry area of specialization how weird Catherine I love your podcast I listen to it on repeat all the time on repeat I mean once is enough I'm hoping you can give some advice about overspending on clothing accessories and makeup I have a wardrobe full of clothing only some of which I actually wear or like and unbearable guilt about the amount of money I've spent or wasted collecting items I don't need. I want to get rid of some of the items that I'm just not wearing, but I feel guilty doing that. I'd also like to feel like I did the right thing buying new items, but when I look at my closet as a whole, even though the new things are pretty, I just feel really ashamed because it wasn't strictly necessary and the money could have been used for more important things. Even so, I also still feel the drive to purchase more. I try avoiding shopping centers and websites and sales notifications, but the reality is that I really like looking at pretty outfits and I find sales enticing to the point that sometimes I feel really guilty for not purchasing something on sale because it's a missed opportunity. Share your wisdom. I love that. The guilt of like, well, I'm losing money if I don't buy it. <laughs> She's damned if she does and damned if she doesn't. She's like, there's too much in my closet. I'm guilty about that. I don't wear it enough. I'm guilty about that. I want to give it away. I might feel guilty about that. She's just guilty, just guilty all around. I mean, I guess Jen's over on the couch. If you could answer really loudly, what do you think she should do to have like a more guilt-free, possibly streamlined wardrobe and like resist buying things she doesn't need? Well, I think she should definitely buy less. And you have to be way louder or come over here. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I think Jen's she on should the definitely buy less and wear more of what she has. She should go through her wardrobe and edit out the things she doesn't wear, donate them to charity, and there's no reason to feel guilty about that because you're helping someone in need. And through your council website, if you live in the UK, um, they're donating loads of clothes to refugees at the moment. So anything you're not using could be used by people who actually need it. And make sure you your purchases are things that you're actually going to wear. Yeah, what are some like staple purchases that are never wasted in a wardrobe? Like jeans. You need good jeans. Yeah, I never wear jeans though ever since oh. I had the kids because I'm like used to comfy clothes. So I'm wearing dresses a lot at the moment, but um, I think shoes are always a big one because you get so many wears out of them. And then if a dress looks nice on you, definitely buy it and buy it in another color too if they have another color of it i mean you're not helping she's <laughs> buying too much and now you're like buy it in every color that no it... but like if she's gonna wear something yeah i don't know i 
I wear all of the clothes in my wardrobe. You wear all the clothes in your wardrobe, too. I don't think I do. I was actually going to ask you. I was like, oh, help me do a clear out and see, like, what key pieces. Because sometimes people look in their closet and they're like, I have so many clothes and I don't know how to wear them. I felt like last time I was in your closet, you wore mostly everything in there. Then I had Fred. Yeah. <laughs> Having a baby makes you lazy. <laughs> Jen always gets me good things that I use, like a good cardigan that you like, can go over a lot of things. <coughs> I think it's really important that everything fits you well. Yeah, definitely. I think it's good maybe to invest in a tailor for some of your stuff and you'll wear it more. Yeah, and I never feel guilty about like buying coats either because you wear mm. those so much more than um, you know, just something you wear on a night out. I think I saw some advice once that when you wear something, you put the hanger back the wrong way. And then after a few months, all the hangers that are the right way, then you know you haven't been wearing those things, so you just have to like bite the bullet and get rid. Yeah, I've done that before. It's good. Um, I'm sorry I'm not more helpful. Jen's advice is buy more. <laughs> Give away more, no. buy more. Buy nicer things. Yeah. And, like buy less of it. Like don't buy ASOS. Don't buy the things that are killing our planet. Buy nicer things, save your money, save up for like one nice thing instead of like 10 shitty things. That's true because I think that's why those websites do so well because it is a rush to go on and be like, I'm gonna just buy something new to have something new, but it's gonna end up in a landfill because it's shit and it's like some Love Islanders boohoo clothing line <laughs> um, and it's like not something that's gonna wash well or stay in your wardrobe for long, it's just gonna be crap in your closet. So I do like that I've learned that from Jen to invest in like quality pieces that I love that are, you know, sustainable. Quality over quantity, definitely. And I always try to think like, would I save this piece for my daughter when she's older? Would she want to mm. wear it? Is it a piece that can be handed down? You don't want your daughter running around in some hoochie little two-piece from boohoo.com. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast on the move in my dressing room for our brand new show backstage with Catherine Ryan that comes out on Amazon later this year or early next year. I don't really know. Um, thank you for your patience listening to all the different weird noises, but you know, it's the only way we could get it done because we are here 16 hours a day and I'm not going to read out anything from my book like I've done in the last two weeks because finally my publishers figured out I was doing that and told me to stop. So please stop reading out your book for free on your podcast. I said, fine. So, I mean, we had a good run. We got away with it for a bit. If you would like to pre-order my book, it comes out next month, really, really soon. It is called The Audacity. Jen and Fiona worked on the stunning images for the book. Cover shot by Carla Gullet. Wait, what's her name? Guler, Jesus. See, I'm losing it. Carla Guler. Sorry, Carla, but I'm really sick. But it's not the vid. You know, there are other viruses. I haven't been sick in like two years, and now I'm sick, and it makes me feel alive. And I'm PCR tested twice a day, and it's not the vid. It's just a good old-fashioned virus. If you'd like to see me on tour, I kick off in Crawley September 2nd with my brand new show, Mrs. And if you would like to write me an email, that address is telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Thank you to my unofficial official guests, Fiona Eustace and Jennifer Mahalski Bray. If you don't already follow them on social media, why not? They are the best. And you can learn a lot of fashion tips, beauty things, and more. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.